about the super genius, Mark Madden. Finishing his checks, causing a constant commotion. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? Sometimes I'm so damn dumb, I wouldn't take a phone call from me. The X at 105.9. The Mark Madden Show on 105.9 The X, your home for the Pittsburgh Penguins, brought to you by Walnut Grill with Dayan Kovacevic from DKPittsburghSports.com. Dayan, did you sprain your ankle jogging up here like Daniel Hudson on the first day of <laughs> spring training? You know, that's a little unfortunate. I mean, Daniel Hudson, in addition to being a terrible signing, one that nobody talks about, by the way, two years, $11 million for a relief pitcher. Two and seven, four, six, three, four, three, six ERA. You had better, you had better nail that one when you sign a relief pitcher to that kind of money out of free agency. And that's one of those contracts that, you know, for all the different things that the Pirates messed up last year and the year before that, that never gets mentioned. It kind of surprises me. Are you ready for Pittsburgh to explode when the Pirates win it all? Now, be nice. I, at least reasonably nice. You know and I know Clint Hurdle. And the man is just beautiful. He has a big heart. He's the real deal. However, Clint has been around these guys, Tim. And you know what I'm going to say yes. here. For such a long time. And there's so much of that group think that goes on in there. And he even referred later in that same quote today uh, from Bradenton, to uh, the way outside people talk about noise. That is very much a Frank Coonley, Neil Huntington kind of thought process. They hunker themselves down at 115 Federal, and everything else that happens on the outside is noise, including, I might add, the public, you know, the, the fans. Yeah. And Clint has fallen prey to that. He really has. I'm not being dramatic. Clint used to really, really, really stand up for himself. Tim, you were at the press conference when he was hired. Remember what he said? He was going to interview them. Yeah, I remember that. Remember right. that? I remember not that the statement. other way around. Yes. He's not the same guy now. He's just not. Well, uh, I'm just not at the point where I can do pitchers and catchers, and this guy looks good, and the rotation is the third mm-hmm. spot or the fourth spot. This is the first lefty out of the bullpen. I, just, I can't wrap my brain around it why? yet. And, but, but ask yourself why. Because I don't feel like it's going to amount to anything. The discussion is meaningless. And keep going, but ask yourself why. Because it feels like they're not serious. And when you you get down to, I've tried to do this too with our staff. We talk about, uh, you know, the lineups. Oh, let's let's get into who's going to bat third and fourth, whatever. And then you get to the fifth position and the sixth position in the order, and you realize, oh, yeah, they really don't care. I mean, they just don't. I mean, because you're down that far and you say, they didn't bother to get players. I mean, it's not just that they traded Andrew McCutcheon. They're still sitting there on the opening day of pitchers and catchers without an everyday left fielder. Think about that. Dan Kovacevic joins us from DKPittsburghSports.com. On to hockey. That team has obviously funneled its assets in a much better fashion. They're serious. Can they get more? They can. Should they get more? And they should. See, and- I, I'm of that school of thought, too. I know they're playing great. I'm not a let's-make-a-trade-for-the-sake-of-change, but... I do think they could be bolstered at center, particularly if 87 or 71 should get hurt somewhere along the way late mm-hmm. in the regular season. Uh, that's where I think a more offensively oriented version of Riley Shea really bears fruit. Yeah. Um, so I'm in favor of them continuing to look for a third or fourth line center, however you want to qualify it. And I wouldn't mind looking for the next Ron Hainsey type, unless you already consider Jamie Alexiak to have been that. Yeah, I think they're done on D. I, I really do. When you're when Chad Ruedel's your eighth guy. Because they will need eight. They needed eight in each of the last two and years. And they have eight. And I don't think they have to give one up. Uh, I, I Obviously, you know, Ian Cole was in that position for a while where it looked like you'd have to move his salary. 
Maybe not so much anymore. Maybe you could get somebody to take Matt Hunwick. I still don't think you need that spare part defenseman, but I'm totally with you on the center. I'm sure you saw the remarks that Jim Rutherford made to our site earlier this week about Riley Shan and considering yeah. him a possibility for third-line center. Sometimes Jim will say things like that just to not make himself look desperate to the other 30 GMs. Uh, in this case, I think he actually meant it. I hope he doesn't. Because I'll tell you what, Tim, watching Derek Broussard last night uh, from the Senators, not just the goal, all over the rink. He was very active for the Man, first 30 minutes. That re- that's a good way of putting it. He, he was active at both ends. Uh, Attempted he- seven shots, won 60% of his draws, had the second most ice time amongst uh, forwards. That's a difference maker. That's not a hole plugger. That's a difference maker. And... That said, Pierre Dorian, the Senators' general manager, is asking, you've seen it for the moon mm-hmm. for him. He wants first-rounder, your top prospect, third piece, because he was the guy who had to wait forever and ever and ever to get Matt Duchesne from Colorado and Joe Sackick, who played those cards really well. Well, Derek Broussard's not Matt Duchesne, but Derek Broussard would be one fine fit for the Penguins and or someone like that. That's what I was thinking when I was watching Broussard last night. Someone like that, a difference maker. Have they sold themselves that Aston Reese can be a good enough rookie contributor that Sprung could be moved for somebody of impact? You know who sold? Mike Sullivan. Okay, well, that's exactly what I alluded mm-hmm. to earlier in the show. Is mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much I like Derek, uh, Daniel Sprung or how much you like Daniel Sprung or the fans do. What if we like him way more than the coach and the organization I'll does tell you what, you know, I just covered the Penguins on this trip through Dallas and St. Louis, and Mike Sullivan made some of the most powerful remarks he's made about Sprung on that trip at a couple different points where he basically laid out very, very clearly in specific terms what Sprong needs to do. And the more I heard from him on that, and the more I aligned it with what I've seen with my own eyes, Sullivan's remarks, one of them in particular, about how we all like how he shoots the puck, mm-hmm. Okay, that kind of really resonated with me because that is what I see when I see Sprong. It's what I see in practices. It's what I see in skates. I go, my goodness, this kid can shoot the puck like at a... Like in a, it's Kessel-like. A, a, yeah, or a Vetchkin or a Line in some ways with his releases. It's, it's ridiculous. But there's a lot of parts of the game all over the rink, including on offense, that he just can't play. Uh, Sullivan claims he never has a doghouse, and I'll believe him on that. Uh, but if you ask Sullivan right now if it was Aston Reese or Sprong, he would definitely keep Aston you know, Reese. He other, loves him, Tim. You heard him last yeah. night. Well, he's talking about his defensive play, too. Yeah. Well, you think that was an accident, though? What? Those those extra remarks that he made about Aston Reese's two-way play and his As, defense no. and all that? No. no, I think there was a look at this oh. column A so we don't have to talk about column B as yeah. much anymore. And, yep. You know, I think Sullivan does do things like that. You know, maybe not. He kind of does it from the other end of the lens. I'll give you an example from last night with Gensel. He even did this with Sid when he first came here as the coach, and that is he likes to use that phrase when he wants to. Oh, you picked that one up, huh? Because yeah, Gensel. <laughs> that was in Gensel reference to Gensel being stiff on the puck and, and going to the front of the net. When he wants to. Mm-hmm. like, And the thing with Sid when he first got here is when Sid is engaged, com- mm-hmm. he just you almost don't hear it. But he means for it to be heard. He means it. The, the guy knows what he's saying when he speaks in public. Uh, Steelers, franchise tag Le'Veon Bell, let him walk or sign him long-term? Sign him long-term, absolutely. I, I can't believe this is even a discussion. I, I really can't. Tim, who are the players that play like him in the league? And on top of that, look at the rest of the offense that the Steelers have. 
And now coming in with a new coordinator, presumably, you know, same terminology, same playbook, but a new mm-hmm. coordinator in Randy Feetner. And then ask yourself, do you really want Ben and that offensive line to go into a new season with a completely different type of running back? I don't. Never mind the fact that you might find somebody who's really, really good and can do different things. And never mind that you don't know if your slot guy is going to be okay after the ACL surgery for Eli Rogers. Eli Rogers is one. very iffy. We were talking about him just yesterday. Uh, he's. We don't know what his status is going to be. Uh, we don't know what they're going to end up doing with Martavis Bryant. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that he's a goner or anything. He's he's he belongs to the team, his rights, but what if they get tired of his act? You just don't want too many changes to that offense, but especially a pass-catching generational running back. I feel like they've got concerns about how good he's going to be after 2019, which is why, if you believe what was put out there about what they offered him, there was so much money between now and 2019. Like, you're worth every penny for those three years. The three years, $60 million you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right, exactly. And it was a five-year deal, but the real money was over allegedly three years. Mm-hmm. And the last year he was really going to get paid or they were on the hook for was 2019. The pinch comes in between franchising him this year or locking him up for five years now, and now you've got an extra bad year in their mind at the end of the deal. Like, if Bell really wants to break the bank and the Steelers are really concerned about anything after 2019, then they should just be, both be happy with the franchise tag. Well, why not take Le'Veon seriously in his concept about the running back slash wide receiver? Now, you don't pay him as both. But maybe you can think of him as both. Le'Veon does line up as a wideout once in a while. What if you made a decision two, three years down the road to say, you know what, maybe we're going to take some of this wear and tear off him and not ask him to go running between tackles 32 times a game and try him out there. So you you protect your investment in the future. I'm not suggesting they're going to do this or do it imminently, Mm -hmm. certainly. But maybe you look at it from that standpoint and say, hey, you know, we put 80 or whatever the number ends up being, million dollars into this guy, uh, X amount of that's going to be guaranteed for X number of years, a cap hit. Um, at least maybe at that point we can say, look, we're going to go get a grinding type, uh, you know, Barry Foster type running back that's going to pound between the tackles, and we're going to levy on do different, do some different things in the offense. I could see vast. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I could vastly like. What if you just gave him a two year deal that was to the moon? Especially if you're gonna re- if you're gonna redo Ben, you've already redone DeCastro and to it. What if you give him still thirty million over two? Yeah, but thirty over two, he just was he just turned down thirty over or sixty over three. I, I don't know. I I don't see it. I, I like think, if you get okay, what if you gave him like thirty two or thirty four over two? I mean, you can do that, but aren't you essentially you're not you're not changing that much from the franchise tag, which is well, I, I, Exactly, I, I which mean, is why I don't know why he's so offended by the franchise tag. I don't know. Maybe it's just to come up with a really cool new rap, Tim. That might be it. Yeah, I know. He needs Something another line to rap really, about. really, really good 17 is a hard word to rhyme. <laughs> Therein lies the dilemma. Uh, last thing, Dayon. Um, do you see Pitt beating Wake Forest to get themselves their only ACC tournament victory of the season what was the lead last night 15 15 that they blew against bc you know they're not gonna win um this team you know what i heard an amazing stat about the panthers today it was by Conrad. the ryan luther pa- stat wow my butt- oh, did you hear that somewhere else too was that in print was, somewhere was, I, I saw a commenter put a f- it on our here, site a f- oh is that right 
And I, Ryan Luther still leads the team in offensive rebounds. And he hasn't played yeah. like since Christmas. A friend of mine who's a big college basketball fan uh, texted me that right before the show started. Maybe it was out somewhere else, but he said, Ryan Luther with 36 rebounds, who hasn't played since December. Offensive. The offensive rebounds. Yeah. Sorry, 36 offensive rebounds, is still the offensive rebounding leader for the pit. I'll ask you a, a question that's pressing off of that, and that is, does Stalling survive this? <sighs> yeah, me too. I mean, I didn't like the hire in the first place and went on record as such. And I especially didn't like the hiring process. And yeah, I'm Barnes with you there. I didn't like stuff. the hire. I didn't like the process. And I hated how he handled last year. But I'm sorry. I can't get past the Duquesne comparisons. Keith Dambrot walks in basically out of nowhere to the country's most miserable program over the last 30 years. Not only does he have it set up for this year, wait till you see what he has in waiting. These guys that Duquesne has... Uh, that are practicing with a team now that had to sit out this year for transfers, by all accounts, are better than their current starters. Um, how did he do it in one summer while this one is still you know, pointing toward Jamie Dixon allegedly leaving the covered bear? Well, yeah, the Jamie. Well, we talked about this earlier. The Jamie Dixon left the covered bear thing is accurate for this year. For this year, but sure wasn't for last year. But four guys coming back from a tournament yeah. team. Who gets four guys back from a tournament team? Right. The year before. That never happens. And they were the top two scorers. We're talking, of course, about Mike Young and Jamel Artis. Yeah. They're, these guys were really good players and in Cam the Cam Johnson was a really good shooter. Cam Johnson and Chris is Jones still is a, that. was a capable guard. Cam Johnson walk away. Ryan Luther is your most UNC. important player now. You know, yeah. so, so the cupboard bear thing, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm at the point now where it didn't have to go as bad as it did last year. It didn't have to go this bad this year. So you don't have to go through a third year just because you feel obligated. You know what? Money talks in these situations. I understand the buyout is enormous, and I understand it would be inconvenient, but I also understand that the Golden Panthers almost need to, everybody, the donors, need to step up and fix this situation because you don't want the Pete looking like this again next year. No, it's, it's vacant. It's ridiculous. That should be the best sports atmosphere in Pittsburgh. All right. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Uh, make sure you check on Dan Kovacevic at DKPittsburghSports.com. We are brought to you by Walnut Grill. The 5 o'clock hour of the Mark Madden Show. Back with more in a moment to wrap things up. Then the GMJR Show at 6 o'clock. Well, he will declare exactly who the Penguins are targeting and for what price at Third Line Center here on 105.9 The X.